0: Welcome to the Coaching for Leaders podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host Dave Show. Today we're going to be covering a range of topics on leadership, life purpose, goals, and what you're doing in your life to be happy. I'm a business coach, life coach, and I got a bit of woo-woo in me. I've been creating leaders for over 25 years and I hope that this show inspires you to bring out your hidden potential and empowers you to live your passion. Let's go ahead and start today's show. Hi everyone, and welcome to today's show. It is great to be here. Thank you so much for... Uh, just taking the time to listen with me, you know? I mean, this is just me alone in a room sharing some thoughts and the fact that wherever you are in the world, you're sitting here and you're deciding, hey, I'm going to check this guy out. I'm going to listen to him. Uh, I I really appreciate that. It means a lot. I have to say that I'm grateful for your time. I hope I have some good info for you today. One thing I love to do is just really, um, you know, just pass along as much as I I can. Um, And hopefully when I do, it's people need to hear it. Today's episode is going to be about uh, what is control and what is surrendering, um, you know, and how, you know, just, just what that means, you know. I think uh, a lot of us like to be in control. As leaders, it's something that we are very good at. Uh, we can control the room. We can control the environment. We can control the situation um, because at times, you know, as a leader, uh, people let us down. And if enough of people let us down when we're trying to do something and then we get called out on it, it's like, well, I think I'll just do it myself. And that's really not a good way to lead <laughs> in a lot of ways. So letting go of that control uh, is important. I actually was uh, working with someone this week and I told him that delegation without follow-up is just wishful thinking. And and that's the truth. Um, you know, I can delegate all all I want say hey do this hey do this hey do this and then i don't follow up and then when the deadline comes around i'm like well why wasn't this done right you know and it's like you miss some very vital parts but because i didn't follow up throughout the process um you know mistakes happen as a leader you know follow-up is extremely important because you can't just say okay this this um, project is due in three months here's everything you need this is your, your entire support team go at it. You've got 20 people under you, go. And then three months go by and then you go and, and nothing is done the way that it's supposed to be doing because you left three months of questions. You left three months of no support. You weren't a servant leader. You weren't there to make someone stronger. You weren't there to provide that support, to provide that direction um, and, so, you know, and that course correction. And sometimes you don't need it, but sometimes you do. And there's a big difference between follow-up and micromanaging. And there's a big difference between control and servant leadership. So surrendering, you know, a lot of people think that surrendering in leadership is some kind of defeat or punishment or some kind of, you know, I don't care anymore. And, and, and that's, just, that's just not true at all. You know, the, the whole foundation of surrendering is just saying, hey, you know what? I have this project that's due. Uh, I believe in you. I believe that you can get it done. And I am going to turn over control of this project to you. And I'm going to be here for support. I'm going to be here for direction. And I'm going to be here for guidance. And I will be holding you accountable. And I will be teaching you and training you and giving you every tool that you need in order to be successful. And I guarantee you, when you live that kind of life, when you do, when you are that kind of leader, um, it, it's incredible. You know, for me, I, I'm writing a book right now. It's called Discover Your Soul Cube, and you can pre-order it on my website. Um, the fascinating thing about it is, I had control with the idea, with the implementation, with the you know writing the first rough draft, and then I completely lost control when it went before the editor. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I I can do this, you know. And then you know, the the first draft comes back of you know, let's change this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I'm like, mm, no. Um, but it just came down to, I need to do what's right for the book and what's right for getting it out there and still stay true to my vision. But I also need to let go of some control because I don't know everything there is to know about editing. I, d- I don't know what it takes to sell a book. This is my first book. So I need to trust and I need to let go. And, you know, I chose this, you know, the person who's helping me with the editing for a reason. Um, so I need to let go of that control. I need to surrender and understand that, that, you know, he wants the best thing for me as well that I want. We both want the same thing. We both want to sell the book. We both want to get this information out there so that it helps people. So it's this fine line of of the surrender versus the control. Uh, and it's not weak to let go sometimes it's smart Uh, sometimes you can let go of too much control which is that fine balance of of, of what i'm trying to do so because there are some pieces in the book that i really went in there you you know i'm not going to work so hard on something and dream about something for so many years and then some key elements that i've been looking forward to um, they don't make it through the cut because they're deemed irrelevant i i you know so I, i challenge that because I think they're relevant in, in ways and relevant uh to certain people and you know so it's just it's one of those things that a lot of us go through in a lot of different ways you know it comes to, to parenting raising children you know if, if you're a parent and you don't think you're a leader you're wrong man parents are leaders they, they're leading that next generation and it you know it, it's just it, it's amazing and your children look up to you and, and you're the hero and then all of a sudden, you know, things change because you're just, you know, you might not be acting like a leader at home and, and you're not, you know, providing direction and, you know, teaching people what self-discipline is. You know, when I grew up, I didn't have a lot of discipline. It was just like, hey, you do your thing. Um, I think the phrase back in the 80s was letchkey child. And, you know, back then there wasn't a lot of harm that could be, you'd be found out of you know, you Uh, I lived a pretty boring life. You know, we had three TV channels, um, no internet, no cell phones. It was, you know, you you come home from school, you just stay inside until one of the parents get home. When one of the parents get home, you can go out and play. Um, And it's just, it's stuff like that, that uh, it it was, it was hard growing up like that at times because I, I didn't have a lot of discipline because I would go out before my parents got home you know um, my parents got divorced so i was raised by my aunt and her sister in a lot of ways um and and they took turns and they did the best that they could but i didn't have a lot of discipline um my father was pretty non-existent in in a lot of ways it was just he was the fun guy you know i would go over and we would go fishing and and you know grabbing and all these different things i lived in maryland but um yeah no no discipline so when I see parenting right now when I see a parent who is disciplining their child with uh, boundaries, with explaining to them why they can't have everything they want, who lets them have a temper tantrum and not not let it bend, you know, staying true to who they are. um, I'm impressed by that because it's teaching this child to grow up to be a responsible adult that you do have to have boundaries and you do have to have respect for others and respect for yourself so uh, I, i've been blessed with knowing some really good parents and, and helping people become good parents but a lot of that is, is is you have to surrender at times it's not easy thank god it's not easy at all so just knowing when it is that you want to make sure that you're in control and at times to surrender a lot of people when they go for help you know if you if you're you know in the health and fitness industry you're a personal trainer or you work with a personal trainer you have to give up some control and do what they say for that time that you're with them because they're trying to help engage you i'm like the worst client for personal trainer because i just sit there and bitch the entire time and, and the truth is, is i absolutely love it but it makes it gives me it gives me power to pitch about it <laughs> and i don't know what that is but it's so funny. And, and I, I, I love making my personal hair laugh because they just think I'm a goof. And it, it's, it's so much fun. But I'm also grateful for their time. I'm grateful for the clarity that they give me. And I want to make them proud, you know? So when, when I work with a personal trainer and, I, and I'm, I'm pushing myself and I begin to see these results that I just truly really love, um, it, it makes a difference. I, you know, it's been about eight years now that I've lost 100 pounds. And, and I tell you, Life, life is good um, in, in that regard. Could I be more fit? Oh, hell yeah. And prior to COVID, I was. I have to say, i definitely got that COVID belly right now. Um, but I'm hoping that now that spring is here that I'm going to be able to get out more um, and do some fun things. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. Part of control and surrender in a lot of ways is taking control of your own thoughts. Part of my one-year program that i work with people on is is leadership self-leadership like um in my program i call it the knight you know how to, how to become a knight i teach people what it means to take control of their thoughts and taking control of your thoughts is pretty amazing because you do have to surrender but so what does that mean when i say that so many many years ago um Within the last decade, I'd walk in front of a mirror and I would just say some of the most nasty, harshest things to myself. I'm a failure. I'm fat. I'm a fuck up. I'm ugly. I'm a bad person. I suck. You know, I don't make enough money to support my family. And that mirror time, like just seeing myself, both, you know, just walking by to use a restroom, getting a shower, getting dressed, going to the closet, whenever a mirror popped up in front of me, The first thing is how much of a failure I am. And that is such a a bullshit way to live. And the only reason I can say that now is because I've changed and I have so much self-respect for myself right now. And I I love who I am. I love how I look. I love what I do. I, I love everything about myself, but it was a process getting here. And part of that process was I had to give up control. And it was within i had to give up control of being the judge the jury and the executioner of my own life because that's truly how it felt i felt like when i looked in the mirror i was just judging of what a failure i was i had a complete lack of gratitude for all of the good things in my life for all of the good people for the love that I was surrounded by, for the warmth, for the the, the team that I had built at work. I knew that I had all these things, but I never focused on how great they were. I never focused on being grateful for them. Instead, I just chose the, I'm a fuck up, I'm a failure. And that is one of the worst possible ways to live. And if you're living that way right now, if you're listening to this going, oh, hell yeah, that's that's me on a daily basis. You don't want to be seen. You want to stay invisible. You want to curl up in a ball sometimes because you feel that you're such a failure. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not, you know, what, you're not, 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 you know. It, it, it sucks. And I want you to know that if you're listening to this and you're feeling that way right now, that I'm, I'm saying some prayers for you. I'm praying that the words that you're hearing, I'm praying that because you're listening to this podcast, you're going to realize that you're pretty fucking special. I want you to give up some control of your own judgments. I want you to give up control of your expectations. And I want you to surrender to yourself and tell yourself that you're unique that you're amazing and that you love yourself. And this is one of those things where you just have to fake it till you make it. I know it's a dumbass thing for a life coach to say, but, but it's true. You need to go stand in front of a mirror and look into your eyes and tell yourself how much you love you. And do that repeatedly until you believe it. If it takes five minutes or 30 minutes, it doesn't matter, do it. But the other thing is just realizing how good you do have it. You know, is this a first world problem that you're dealing with? Do you have an obstacle or a problem that you feel is so overwhelming that it's horrible? But if you just shifted your mindset and said, okay, so what lesson do I need to learn from this? What is being presented in front of me that is so hard that I need to learn a lesson from this? And when I learn this lesson, I'm going to overcome it and I'm going to remove this obstacle and it's going to make me stronger. These are the kind of things that I want you to, to think about when it comes to taking control of your thoughts. You cannot lead others if you do not first lead yourself. I was watching a TV show of months ago and that was one of the lines in there was you know how can i how can i run a country if i can't even run my own house and I, I think that's the truth how can you run a business how can you be an entrepreneur solopreneur a leader a vice president a ceo if you cannot run your own mind how can you expect to lead others if you do not lead yourself Are you prioritizing personal growth or do you think that personal growth is bullshit and I'm not going to spend any money on it? I personally spend about 20% of my salary on personal growth, masterclasses, classes, books, you, I mean, just different things, you know, coaching sessions, you know, all, all, these things to make me better, to make me stronger, to make me more wise, to make me feel comfortable, you know, taking a writing class, taking a marketing class, all these different things that I like to do in order to prioritize personal growth. Because when I can take control of my thoughts, when I surrender that judgment, when I surrender the expectation, when I surrender that, that mean-ass dick that keeps calling me names, then I, instead of feeling like I made mistakes, I realize that I learned from my mistakes. I begin to just lead by example in a lot of ways, and people people know this. People see it. People can tell when you're authentic and when you're fake. And if you're the kind of leader who just bitches and does that victim stuff, and it's like, oh, you know, I had such a hard day. I had such, you know, my team this, my boss this, my family this. Nobody wants to hear that shit. (laughs) You know, it's it's like it's so draining when you walk into a room. And you can drain the energy out of it because you, you've got this whole victim mentality going on because you hate yourself, because you think you're a failure, but you're in a leadership role. It, it sucks, you know. I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and they're like, we're talking about what a friend needs to do in order to help heal himself. Because when he enters the room right now, he drains the life force out of the room. And you don't want to be that. You want to walk into a room and bring energy into it. You want to command that energy. You want to share that energy. You want to reach into everybody's soul and lift them up and lift their vibration so that the entire room is blazing with energy for what it is that you want to accomplish. That's what a leader does. And then many a CEO that can get up in front of a stage and command the stage with their presence, with their words, with their power, because they believe in themselves. And I'm not talking about narcissism belief in their self. I'm talking about servant leader. I'm talking about someone who realizes that the true strength in the company is not at the top, but at the bottom. When you take care of your frontline employees, when you take care of the people that are out there making decisions and they feel empowered and they know that you've got their back, And you're giving them a good work-life balance and you're giving them kudos and you're giving them training and you're giving them everything that they need. That's when you are going to be successful as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, as a vice president. Because people look up to you. They see that you are a leader because you control your own thoughts. You take initiative in all situations. You prioritize your personal growth. You know your values and you remain true to them and you live your life purpose. But most of all, you learn from all your mistakes. And when you do that, you're leading by example. And when people see that about you, they're like, damn, I want to be that. I want to do that. How How can I be like my boss? And that's where it's up to you to mentor. That's where it's up to you to teach. That's where it's up to you to be that servant. You can always tell how good your organization is running when you go on vacation. And, and it's it's a true test for many leaders. When you when you're out for a week or two weeks, three weeks, you come back. If everything is running smoothly and you come back to your that first day to work and you're like, oh everything's great. You just get to work. You know that you are doing a good job you take a two-week vacation come back and all hell work loose and you're putting out fires left and right you're dealing with interpersonal problems between your team you know and it's just like you walk into hell you're not a leader you're running everything while you're there you know when you're there everybody does their job out of either fear or because you're watching them or because you're micromanaging or whatever But the true test is when you're not there and things run efficiently. while the processes are in place. That's when you know that you're doing a good job as a leader. So I want you to think about that and I want you to, to just come into your power and realize how special you truly are. It's one of those things that you just have to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I am enough. I am wonderful. I am unique. I am special. I can do this. And who's telling you that you can't? You can't lead yourself if you've given away your personal power to others. If, if you have a, a living situation or a work situation where people are taking, well, not taking, you're giving your personal power to others, then it just makes it to where you can't believe in yourself because you're only believing what you're being told by this person. You only feel validated. You only feel good when someone tells you that you're good or that you did a good job your entire being, if your entire persona is wrapped up in someone else's approval, you've given away your personal power. You can't lead, you're being led. And there's a lot of us that are, that are like that, whether it's family, friends, kids, you know, whoever, a romantic partner, it can take one nasty word or one nasty phone call and your day is ruined. Because you have given them your power. And that's that's not a good thing. You know, how do you reclaim personal power? How do you take away a toxic bully's power over you? Well, it comes by taking control of your thoughts, loving yourself, setting boundaries, and respecting yourself. becoming that leader, taking control of your thoughts. It used to be that way. Someone would call me and, and they're like, "Wow man, you know I, I noticed that on this one light item on your P l you didn't do too well this month. I'm kind of disappointed in you And they'd hang out. they would run my whole day. I gave my power to them. What they didn't pick up on as my leader, was that I was crushing it in all the other areas. But because I didn't have one particular line item on a P&L that had over 50 lines, that's all they focused on. They focused on what I was doing wrong instead of what I was doing right. And I was doing a whole of a, a hell of a lot more right than wrong back then. But because I had no boundaries because I didn't respect myself, because I didn't love myself. I only focused on that one bad thing because I gave my boss, my supposed leader, my personal power. And I'm basically like, if you don't approve of me, who am I? I have no identity unless you approve of me. If you don't approve of me, then I'm not good. I'm not successful. And that's a horrible Horrible fucking way to live. And if you're doing that in any situation, you just smack yourself in the face right now, man. This is just no stop that focus on the 95% of the stuff that you're doing right and give that power. Don't give power to the 5% that you're not learn from that five percent but do not give it power this is an obstacle this is something that you need to overcome this is a life lesson whatever you keep making the same bad choices and wondering why your life is like this i see it all the time with coaching you know <laughs> i had a client one time I, I i can't get in a good relationship why can't you get in a relationship because I can't find the right person. Well, tell me what you're doing. And they're just picking women that are unavailable because they're in other states. Every romantic partner that this person had for three years was out of state. And he wondered why he could not be in a relationship or keep a relationship or why they would break up after a month, two months, six months, you know, whatever. Stop doing the long-distance relationships. Why is it that you can't find someone local because your love language is of touch and you want to be held? You want to spend time with somebody? But because the relationship is long-distance, you're not feeling that. So you feel inadequate. You don't feel right because you're choosing the wrong thing. And you're repeating this process over and over and over and you're not learning from it. This is an obstacle that's being placed in front of you, and you continue to make the same dumbass choices. So this is what I'm talking about. Take control of your thoughts, have more respect for yourself, and learn that you're not being punished with things like this. It's just an obstacle in front of you. How do I overcome this obstacle? Once we identified this, we found a lovely, lovely woman, local. They started hanging out. They started spending time together. Two years later, they were married. Three years later, they have they have a son. I mean, it's just it's those kind of things that you really want to you want to make sure that you're you're not self sabotaging. And that's a lot of what we do is we self sabotage. It makes things so difficult because we don't like ourselves because we're not taking control of our thoughts because we feel bad about ourselves we continue to self-sabotage because we think we don't deserve success many of you who have been listening for a while know that my new catchphrase is i'm a gift to the world and it's hysterical because i truly believe it and now it's, it's like it's like a big thing because people are like well dave's a gift to the world and i'm like hell yeah you know and but it's true that's how good I feel about myself. And I don't care what anyone else thinks. I get some people who reach out to me and they're like, you know, why, why do you this? Why do you that? And I'm like, do doing my own thing, dude. You don't like it? You don't need to listen. Crank my ass off, turn it off, turn on something else. Their thoughts have no power over me. Their words have no power over me. Because I am in my power. I have toxic people in my life still to this day. Their words have no power over me. So it's a good relationship. Because I can't sever the ties. Because of either, you know, with what's going on. With with business, with person, with family. They don't see things the way that I do. And that's okay. I love that support them no matter what. We disagree with fundamental things about life, so some religion, some family, some different things. But that's okay, because I respect their views, I respect their ability to discern what they feel is important for them. But I have my own views, especially where religion is concerned. For me, religion is nothing more than love. Anybody who tries to use it as a weapon, I I literally just stop listening. Whenever someone can quote scripture to me and tell me how how much of a failure I am in life, well, I stop listening because it's not what religion is. Religion is nothing but love. We're connected to each other, we're connected to a higher power, whatever that power may be, whatever you call it. It's that connection that's wonderful. I'm connected to my God, I'm connected to my angels, I'm connected to source, I'm connected to my higher self. And I'm connected to every one of you listening. I'm connected to everyone in the world. So when I pour out love, when I pour out understanding, when I pour out hope, that all comes back to me. And that's how it can be for you too. You just need to know when to take control and when to surrender. So I hope this was good for you today. It's been fun spending time with you. It's been fun talking about all this. I hope you do have a great day and I will talk to you next week. Take care.